1: TDN listeners, Uh, good evening and welcome to Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone right here on TDN radio. So if you're joining us from Dominica, the Caribbean region, or the rest of the world, we want to say a pleasant good evening to you. We hope that you're having a great Tuesday evening and that you're all set to have a productive week this week. As we see, this is already the final week of August 2022. So as you know, this is the place we come each and every Tuesday to get powered up and energized for the week ahead and to remind ourselves of the important life goals that we have set out for ourselves to accomplish during the year 2022 and beyond. So I always look forward to this time on the radio with you as we get powered up and energized and remind ourselves of the important life goals right here on Untapped Potential on TV and radio. So again, welcome to the program. As always, we have another packed hour of programming for you. We have a great interview, some good music, a tip of the week, and of course, our featured video of the week. So this week with back to school right around the corner for Dominica and the rest of the world, well, with the exception of Georgia, (laughs) we actually went back to school in August. So we went back to school the first week of August, but for the rest of the world, this is the beginning of the school year, beginning from about September 5th. So I thought I would bring you this conversation with regards to all the expenses that many Dominicans weekends are already facing and just the conversation on how we can finance our education. So whether you have little ones who are returning to school, you have college students who are returning to school, or even you as an adult, if you're getting ready to return to a professional training program, or you are embarking on your educational process, then we wanted to have a conversation on just how to finance education at every level. So we had the honor of having Dr. Randy Glean, Miss Melissa Brown, and Mr. Felix Thomas, and we had a conversation with regards to financing education. So I thought I would bring you a portion of that interview. And as our featured interview, our featured video on Push Past 10, I will include the entire video because as always, we include a portion our interviews right here on untapped potential and then we link you to the rest of the inter the interview the entire interview via our website so again welcome to the program i look forward to spending this time with you so as we always like to do we're starting the week off on a note of gratitude. So what are you grateful for this week? Um, if you're celebrating a birthday, you're celebrating an anniversary, or you're simply celebrating life. Uh, for example, our daughter, Sophia, Celebrated her 11th birthday uh, this Saturday, August 27th. So she had a wonderful time going to urban air and just spending some time with uh, four of her very close friends and just being children, just the ability to be able to get out and enjoy themselves. I think we were truly grateful for that. Now that COVID 19 has somewhat subsided, we are taking the opportunity to get back outside and just to be be Able to enjoy being outside of the home. So I hope that you have something to be grateful for. And as I always say, if you woke up this morning, you can begin with being grateful for life. So as we get started with the program today, uh, speaking about gratitude and keeping a positive spirit, let us start the program off today with this number from Shelly, a song entitled Staying Positive. So again, Shelly, who who we all know as the lead singer of Signal Band in Dominica. This number is from him, and it is entitled Testing Positive. So enjoy this number, and then stay tuned for a portion for pre-recorded interview on financing education, and then come back as we look at our tip of the week, and we um, just enjoy the rest of the program.
0: If you happen to test positive, what are the consequences of that? Well, first of all, these are the days when the negative feels much better than a positive. These are the positive. When you think is a friend, is a friend of the enemy. These are the days. When we don't know what and who to trust. These are the days. Father, if this life is testing us, testing positive. I have not been at my best, but a testing positive. But not, not any kind of test, but testing positive. Uncertainty and don't know where Yeah,
1: that we are talking about this evening, the challenges many families are facing with funding education for their children, as well as parents who are looking to advance their education. So, Melissa, I'd like to start with you um, this evening because, you know, you're on the ground in Dominica, so so you can give us a better sense of what is the situation um, you are seeing in Dominica.
2: I was very thankful for this opportunity because, um, I do have an NGO. I listed all my, um, qualifications. I listed everything, but at the present moment, I am on the ground literally because of social issues and school is starting
3: and as a foreigner here.
2: Um, I myself have been affected and, and, and I, um, I guess I'm trying to find, I am in that position where I need to find avenues outside of money to get my children to school as a foreigner. Um, in April of this year, I um, took a bus from Trafalgar to my home. When I got home, I realized that my, my satchel with my passport, my daughter's passport, my son's passport was gone along with $400. I called the person and I, I said, hey, I think I, my, my satchel would have slipped out in your bus. Could you um, come back and drop it? Can you check? And he said, um, well, I can't right now because I'm laying down. Um, I'll check it in the morning. I said, okay, um, I can't force him. So I called him very early. When I called him, he said, um, oh, I haven't checked yet. I think after 6, 7 o'clock. As I hung up the phone, I got a text me- message saying I didn't get that. So I was forced to just accept the fact that my passports were gone. Um, my documents were gone. I have no use for the money in the, in the, the parcel. So since then, I've been um, a foreigner in this country. Since April till now, trying to sort out my IDs, the average cost to get home on a one-way for myself, it's almost two thousand EC dollars. I have to get to Trinidad. That's to get to Trinidad on a one-way. I have two children. My two children attend Dominican primary schools, which starts on September 5th. The cheapest flight out of Dominica leaves on September 10th. Now, that puts me in a pickle because how am I going to get my children to school and get to Trinidad as a foreigner? Now, I it's not that I have not reached out to the proper, um, the proper avenues. I've even spoken to my minister in Trinidad who um, allowed me to realize that there is a consulate in, in Dominica for Trinidad. Now, I've lived abroad and I've had to interact with the consulate in the U.S. before. And I was able to um, receive a passport in the U.S. from the consulate by them just taking my my birth certificate to verify if I am indeed a Trinidadian. And then a document was issued to me. I am in Dominica. I am in Dominica presently. And there is a consulate I have contacted and they're telling me that there's nothing they can do. Now, those are social issues that affect my ability mm-hmm. to get my children to school. Now, if there's no intervention there now, my children will start to look like they're neglected. Yeah. I want to share this because this is what single female parents go Oh, absolutely. The- and that's just a that's just a case scenario of what. Yes. And some of the people going through in Dominica. Exactly. On the ground. So I'm always thankful when I have these opportunities to become like a Dominican in essence so that I, when I speak, I'm speaking truth. I'm not speaking secondary information here, right? So I'm saying at this present time, if I am to show you, this is my document that I was given from the police department. Stating everything that was stolen, everything, everything. And then they had the nerve to, to, to insinuate that they do not know if what I am saying is true. And so therefore, an investigation needs to be done before anything at all, any help. I was given this document from immigration that does not serve me at all because it says in French... And in English, Certificate of Identify, meaning this should be able to identify me as Melissa Brown. So when I have my person, my mother, who takes care of myself and my children when things are not going well, because of course I have clients, when my clients cancel and I have no money, I can call my mother and she can definitely send a dollar for me. Now, when I'm in a country and I have to wait until September 10th to get to my country so that I can get an identification that allows me to collect money from my mother to get my children to school, that is a social issue. Now, this is just my issue. What else are women, single female parents, going through at this present time that have them pulling their hair out? How am I going to get my child to school? So yes, we can talk about all the other avenues that you can go to the bank you can do this you can do that but what happens to the woman who doesn't have those avenues who has no avenue at all and must just sit down and rely on a government to assist here so that i can take care of my children and i can send them to school also affect the child because a situation does not just affect a mother it affects the child who understands trying to figure out and and i don't i made so many notes about the time frame and where children are at two to seven mentally and trying to figure out okay they can't think like us so when he my son cannot get to school on time he's thinking Oh, will I ever get to school? They do not have the ability and capacity to separate and know chronology and how things are going to play out beginning to end. They don't know the middle. So being a mother that is going through a social issue, you also, thankfully, I have the tools to manage myself so that it does not affect the children but what about the mothers and fathers out there that do not have the tools to navigate number one and number two do not have the tools to manage their own anger in the situation of getting their child back to school because we like to think education is free but it's not because if i have to buy school books if i have to buy a uniform if i have to ensure that all these things are there in order to access education then we need to stop the line stop re- stop saying education is free yeah and i think and i think
1: uh, melissa you've already highlighted many important points especially the social issues that hinder um, parents' ability to fully engage in their children's education. So I want to say we are truly um, sorry to hear that you're going through this situation, but we want to thank you for being very strong, especially for your children, as you continue to work towards figuring out how your children will go to school um, this year. And
2: this raises a very important question that I want to bring. One second, not just for me. I am the founder of Women of Unique Distinction. If, if I buckle under pressure, there are women that are looking at me now, quietly, not just in Dominica, but in Trinidad, in my country. And if I buckle under pressure, they will feel and know that there is no hope for them. Mm-hmm. So it is more of voicing what's going on so that we can let the those that are in power, those that can make a difference, can say, hey, listen. Single female parents are not useless. We contribute to society and we need to be seen as such. That is why I'm a single female parent ambassador. Mm -hmm. You know, And, and women of unique distinction, we do not go around looking for those that look all fancy. I want the ones that look dirty. I want to spend that year and I want to help that woman become that diamond in the rough. Absolutely. Because that is what we need now. There are too many single female parents dealing with more than I have to deal with because there are no mothers to call. There are no fathers to call. And like, I, in my on my TV show, I spoke about Gina and Dinah, Rosita and Clementina on the corner posing. Bet your butt. Thank you. So let me tell you, the reality of a single female parent, if you not, are not strong, you will have to bend. And that is the reality of the, so, the society that we are in as Dominicans, mm-hmm. as Trinidadians across the board, because we are nothing more than vaginas.
1: Yes. And I want to, I want to take the conversation and open it a little bit more. So Dr. Glenn, let me come over to you because I think one of the um, underlying topics that I'm getting from Melissa is, do you think that primary school education should be free? So should there be a system maybe in the Caribbean and Felix, if you can hear us, I want to include you in that conversation as well. What are your thoughts on, you know, if primary school education in the Caribbean should be free?
4: Well, um, at the risk of sounding a little bit too idealistic and, and for full disclosure, um, I have spent pretty much my entire life in North America. So my perspective may be skewed. Mm-hmm. I just want to put that out there. However, I have always known primary school education to be free and that should be a universal goal. I, don't, I didn't know of societies in the region or elsewhere in the West where primary school wasn't free. In fact, to the best of my knowledge, secondary education, I thought, was just about universally free in Mm -hmm. the Caribbean. I know Mm -hmm. for sure that free refers to the tuition aspect, the cost of school attendance. There are always going to be attendant costs. There's the Mm -hmm. bus fare. Mm -hmm. There are the uniforms. The uniforms, the books. And there are the books and other things. So I do know that certain governments have taken tremendous strides. I can, if I can, without being overly political. I mean, I know quite, quite a while back, at least 15 years ago, Barbados was at the point of giving, um, laptops to students. And uh, so that's, that's sort of like the, um, the, the upper echelon of education across, I mean, Barbados has a world-class education mm-hmm. system and, um, perhaps arguably again, without ranking one of the more, uh, admirable systems in the caribbean but to my knowledge and if i'm wrong someone will correct me the tuition aspect of primary school education has been universally free for some time yeah, i that's know that there's been an evolution to free again using the word free guardedly secondary education um, yes there are circumstances and some of us have addressed those circumstances in personal ways and through um, NGO type structures or informal committees, try to raise funds for quote unquote needy or disadvantaged children to attend school because yes, giving them free tuition is only the beginning. Mm -hmm. There are many kids who can't get to the school, won't have lunch when they get to the school won't be able to buy books or supplies because parents are limited. And so we do need to add a social dimension to correct those um, those gaps. When we put the universal free secondary school in place, it will not necessarily reach all students on an even footing. In fact, it may well be that the poor taxpayer is subsidizing the wealthy taxpayer's mm-hmm. children who perhaps, um, you know, are getting the benefit and then the poor kids cannot. So certainly it's one of those, it's one of those things that if you ask me, uh, the egalitarian perspective is absolutely, it should be free. We don't know what the economic um, component is to uh, making it free. All governments do not have equal resources. All governments do not have equal priorities in dispensing those resources. So Uh, uh, the answer to your question is a short yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And when we consider the social um, situations that Melissa just described, we we wonder, well, uh, is there any assistance for those who can't afford the uniforms and the books and the the bus fares? So Felix, I want to come over to you for your thoughts.
5: Okay, so and if um, the educational system should be free Mm -hmm. um, for primary and secondary. So to my knowledge, I mean, I went to primary school and secondary school in Dominica. Um, To me, the majority of the primary and secondary schools are free Mm
0: -hmm. in
5: Dominica um, because they're public, right? But, um, I mean, I know that I went to a Catholic primary school and also a Catholic high school where we did have to pay for um, terms. Mm -hmm. Um, So I know that we had to pay for those. So, I mean... (sighs) i think i think there's there's like um i think there's like um the school system for everyone where it's like there's a free section and there's a paid section yeah so to speak you know for mm-hmm. the school system so i mean the reason why i think like i don't think like the tuition part of it is currently an issue i think it's what um Dr. Glean was speaking of is what the issue is, is like how a lot of the students don't have that access, the um, like the uniforms and also the bus fees, because Mm -hmm. I lived very far from school. Well, to me, it's not very far right now because I live in Canada and everywhere is fine in Canada, to be honest. But (laughs) I remember I remember where I was living, like I would see people coming all the way from Marigot, um, La Plaine, Daly's, and all those places to get to Roseau. And, you know, like, you know, how early you have to get oh, up yeah. to do all what you have to do, put on your uniform and everything. And then you have to pay. I don't know what the bus fare is now, mm-hmm. but I think it was like ten dollars one way, you know, to um, get to the city. Right. And that is rough because that is five days a week. You have to do it. So that is like twenty dollars a day. Mm-hmm. That is one hundred dollars a week in just bus, bus fares. Right. And then a four hundred dollars a month. You know, on average, so I can see how that part would be sort of like a barrier at the same time. I know that there's people who would still make things work, right? If you cannot afford the bus system, you end up having to bomb a ride, you know, or something like that. Right. So um, I don't know if I'd make a change to how like the the tuition fee section is. I think what I'd make a change to it's like. the assistance, if there's some kind of funding that could be provided to assist those who are not fortunate enough to actually get the the bus, um, or if there's like some kind of central bus system for people mm-hmm. who are very far away, if they could qualify for something like that, like some kind of stipend to actually pay the bus, then that, I think, would be a good start for it and also have something similar for the uniforms as well, mm-hmm. you know, because I think the uniform option would be more affordable than buying like your own clothes you know like if they just have um, the ties because that one tie could use in an entire week really and truly if you have to right so all you have to buy is really just two ties you have five shirts you have probably two khaki pants or whatever pants you have you know and that would help as opposed to you having to dress differently every single day and you know in dominica if you if you wear a one top two day and you wear that top last week you know somebody going to call you out on that oh yeah (laughs) so (laughs) i think i think in dominica it's better to use the uniform Mm -hmm. you know for for even like the peer pressure too so Right. Yeah, that's my that's my take on it. Yeah,
1: yeah, and you're, and you're correct because when I went to school, I went to a Catholic school and there were fees yeah. associated yes. with going to the private um, Catholic school. So maybe someone on the Facebook Live or someone will call in to let us know if that is still the case because in the Catholic schools, you had to cover the tuition, the books, the, the uniform and the bus fare. So Melissa, I want to come back to you because I think we've already touched on quite a few um, topics already. Now, have you looked at any potential assistance for uh, getting your kids back to school? Is there anything that's available in Dominica that parents maybe are not aware of where you can seek assistance um, to get your children the supplies they need? I've heard about a voucher program that is quite controversial. So I'm just wondering if there's anything else that parents who truly are in need can reach out to for assistance.
2: You know what? I find that when we, it's like a double edged sword. We want persons to get off the public system. That means there's a level of education that needs to be pumped into persons, um, a level of support. But yet still, there's nothing being done. And when situations like what I am going through, which is an official document that needs to be rectified, I, persons are telling me, hey, Melissa, don't talk too much. Just go and drop your paper down there, right? And you'll get your children's school books. But what happens after children's school books is, is gotten? Mommy, mommy, what happens? Every day when they come home in school, you can pay a dollar and you can get lunch at school. Thankfully, Mm -hmm. I'm thankful for that. But what happens when that child comes home at night and there's nothing to eat? What happens when that child doesn't have anything to eat before the child leaves for school? So yes, I get what you're saying. Are there any support systems for me to get my uniforms Mm -hmm. but education is more than a uniform education is where is that child so that's what i'm saying i'm glad you invited me because oftentimes we look at education through a one narrow view there is a concept preoccupational um a point in every child's life where they they're stuck in this narrow view they can't see anything else and sometimes i think society has become like children where we say hey go and get this but you're not taking into consideration that what happens when the child is at home Mm -hmm. what happens when i cannot feed my my son and my daughter in a couple of days because i cannot access anything anymore What happens when a child is stuck because they cannot see the future like we can see the future and they leave home not eating and they're wondering I wonder if I'm going to eat when I get home. That informs and also is a contributing factor to someone being successful in education so if we're talking about education we're talking about everything that goes together to form a person now there are different theories i I love erin bronfenbrenner he created um, the ecological model and it places the person at the middle itself the and then it shows how the mesosystem and all these different systems interrelate to create this person the caribbean we have through the Car- Caricom, we have this ideal person i don't know if you guys have ever read it hmm. there is a document that dictates and says what the ideal caribbean person looks like guess what we're not there because we are still so narrow-minded and we're not seeing all the other things that affect a child when that child is being educated so yes there are avenues so that i can get a t-shirt a school shirt but what happens when that child comes home to me and i cannot give that child food because i have no document to get to any sort of financing that i am used to Single female parents end up in poverty. Eighty percent of single female parents end up in in poverty due to non-payment, due to all these different issues. And single female parenting—if you look at the homes and juvenile delinquency and teen pregnancies and all these things—come out of single female parent homes. But then, but then it sounds like it sounds like you're speaking to a bigger topic of
1: employment no, because and opportunities. Is than- that? that.
2: Simone, education is that that is my right. thing education is that because when i have and not me thankfully i have the tools to navigate certain things with my children's mind so, mm-hmm. I am not an average mother. So, I would sit and I would speak to my channel and say, Hey, baby, this is what's going on right now. Because they can't understand when the house is in turmoil. They cannot understand that. That is education. If you have a two year old, a three year old, a four year old who is leaving a home every day, not knowing how they're going to eat, or the only, the only, point of eating every day that they're guaranteed to have is going to that school then that is education simone and if we mm-hmm. keep thinking of education uh, and and getting the child to school there's so many students that i've seen in dominica that get to school not ready and then they flunk out. And then we wonder why are they on the roadside? So that is education because there are lots of young boys that just didn't have the right support system. And they're on the street corners because guess what? We didn't see where they were mentally, where they were traumas. I'm also trained in trauma. I'm a trauma specialist, both children and adolescents. So when I tell you trauma is just like, like alcoholism, when they, when it happens at the point They remain there. So imagine how many students are going to school traumatized. So yes, like Randy said, social support in the schools need to be more present. There needs to be a linkage of, okay, yes, I can get you the books, but what else is going on in Mm your home? That's going to hinder this child from being successful. So, education is not that narrow, preoccupational way of thinking where we think as children we now need to graduate and see the same way we have multiple intelligences, and we now that you know that children don't learn the same, and we have now had to amend our educational systems because of that. We need to now know that education is more than getting to the building because some persons do not have what it takes to get to the building. We are born into this world, some born with gold spoons, some born with silver spoons, some born with none at all. What are you going to tell those who are born with none at all and they want to get to that education there but yeah. they cannot get this. And, and I'm
1: happy I'm happy that you've expanded our understanding on what education is. But Felix, I want to come to you, and Dr. Glenn, I want to come to you as we start talking about traditional approaches for financing um, education. But before I do, Felix, I want to come to you because I think Melissa is making some so important points about broadening our notion, broadening our concept of what we think of when we think of um, getting our children that education we need. And what comes to mind as she talks about, you know, her mom's ability to support her when she needs to mm-hmm. is how maybe you and I grew up, um, Felix, in terms of the viral economy, because we struggled too. And we had to rely on my aunt in Guadalupe to send the books, to send the, you know, the well, not the, the textbooks, but the notebooks, the pencils, the bags, the shoes, to be able to have us go to school so i'm sure you probably experienced the same thing um felix as well and i'm just wondering if that still exists because for some of us that is how we were able to afford to go to primary and secondary school felix
5: yeah so i i do remember we receiving barrels which came with um exercise books pens crayons and all that's a good stuff you know um for the most part i think my parents did a good job in um actually being able to um, afford the school system mm-hmm. and sending myself and my um, siblings to school. Um, but I, I mean, I cannot speak for all the help that they got because I was just a child and basically unaware of, you know, like the finances in the house, because I mean, it's not something that a lot of parents really talk to their kids about. Mm-hmm. So I cannot talk much on like what my parents did, but I, I just know that we did have the stuff that we need that we needed in order to attend school. Um, And I remember going to, um, it was Jay's bookstore that we had to go to get our textbooks, you know, exercise books and so forth at times. So I don't think that was a problem on my side. So I I don't think I'd be the best person to speak on that, to be honest. But um, as far as it, I think like parents do need to take like both, both mom and dad, you know, do need to take some kind of, accountability for hey you know what we have our child now i think when you have a child that's kind of like your priority you know like i have a daughter no, and i'm telling you straight if i i will starve if she's like she she's she's going to eat before me for sure you know that's that's just guaranteed you know she's going to be the one surviving not me you know so i know that whatever i have to do like i mean a lot of it i think people try to make it a bit way too complicated as far as you know like meeting the child needs um i think the most important thing the child really needs from the parents is really the their time and attention i think that's the most important thing the finances is very important it's basically the next important thing because they have to eat it's money that's going to get the food and they have to go to school right so As far as affording those things, I think the best thing to do is really start planning for it as soon as the child is born. You know, for as an example, my daughter is currently 17 months. And for probably if she's 17 months now, I would say for probably like 15 months, I've already been saving for her education because I don't know what she wants to be. But all I know, whatever it is that she wants to be, I don't want her to come and say, hey, hey, dad, you know what? I need a hundred thousand dollars for me to start my doctor degree. And I go in and tell her I don't have it. No, to me, I would be like, I would be letting down my daughter. And that is one thing I don't ever want to do. You know? So I started to save for it from now, because I already know it's a little star. I have there. If she had my blood in her, she, she's a star already, you know? So I go and make sure that she reach whatever it is that she needs to reach. So that is the kind of dedication I will put towards my child you know, mm-hmm. and it's the same kind of thing that I believe her mom would do as well, you know, because she's an awesome mom as well, you know, my girl. So,
0: mm-hmm.
5: yeah. Yeah, that's yeah.
1: And Dr. Mm-hmm. Glynn, yeah. I want to come to you, but I can tell Melissa has yes, come yes. back because in when, especially when Felix said, all children need is your time. So Dr. Glynn, just hang tight. Let me um, have Melissa respond because I can tell she wanted
2: to say something to Felix. I, when I say I'm a single female parent ambassador, I am, I am that. Because there are certain, and, and I love English, and I love to sit and just pick apart words and what words do to us as a people, yeah? So when Felix, the emotions and, and, and I'm getting from Felix is that when he's speaking or what you're, what people will perceive, I can be wrong, is that you have it set. But if I take away your money right now, Felix right, that makes you comfortable to have what you need for your child, and you were brought to the level of the average Dominican, would you be okay with that? With just giving your child time
5: no, and no nothing
2: would, else? Yes
5: no. or no? no one would be okay why
2: do you expect other persons to not have what you have that is the the problem with this
5: i don't think you're listening properly because that's not what i said said,
1: so so, the
5: the first thing i said is the most important thing i never said it's the only thing it's the most important thing it's not time it's not it's not well that's, just that's that a.: I respect. Medicine,
2: I, I respect medicine, your perspective. A yeah.
5: I respect your perspective, you know, but in my perspective, the time is the most important thing. Okay, in my perspective.
2: Thank you. So for, and then
5: I, I did say that finances is basically something that is very important as well. I did say that, right? Okay, so I never said it's just one. It's really yes, and one. I, I also
1: want to give I want I want to give Dr. Glynn an opportunity to chime in if he has any thoughts on that as well, because he has like thousands of adopted children.
0: Yes.
4: <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, I I like to speak to things where I have discernible expertise, and I, I really don't know that this area, what my experiences would not necessarily enhance this discussion. Um, relatively speaking, um, to what I I know and and what is the current reality, I I may have grown up in a different circumstance in a different part of the world where education and all that uh, attends to it, uh, were free. I mean, our books were free. Schooling Mm -hmm. was free all the way up through secondary school and, um, my mom probably simply had to give me $5 a week to pay the bus and eat lunch. And that's back in the day. That could do it back then, by the way. <laughs> $5 a week could have been enough back in those days. But uh, it does sound, it does resonate in that it's, it's more like the stories I would have heard about my mom's experience growing up in Grenada in the 50s and going to secondary school as the child of a poor, of a poor single mother. So it resonates in that sense. And and one of the stories that she never told me, but my grandmother told me, was of stuffing cotton in her oversized shoe so my mom could have a, quote unquote, good shoe to go to school because my grandmother couldn't afford to buy one. So I, I certainly can relate to that, though, a generation earlier. It hadn't been my experience, because by the time I came along, I guess- You know my mother having gone to secondary school that early then obviously you know what education does then it put her in a position where i could have had a slightly better circumstance and then of course um i am like all of you a parent in addition to my thousands of adopted kids i i did manage to um to produce one (laughs) and um and i did have to foot an enormous bill even from a position of privilege working in the university Even when my daughter um, attended that school, I did have to find the money. So I wanted to just add one thing, though. I mean, there are variations, though, Melissa, as well, in in terms of what is a single mom. By my own choice and decision, I did cause a, a woman to live life as a single mother. She is the mother of my daughter. But her experiences won't sound like yours because i was a responsible father and one can still be a responsible father even within that construct of not raising a child 24 7 yourself we certainly had agreements that were met and i knew even when i was a graduate student i had to financially contribute which i did and and at the point when i became self-sufficient by the time my daughter was ready for tertiary education it was clearly understood that that was going to be 100% 100% my responsibility which i undertook so there are two there are two categories of of i think single mothers is the one that's left to fend for herself versus the one that does have that reasonable responsible respectful male who although he didn't marry her he certainly took the responsibility for the offspring or offsprings if it were that were produced from that that relationship so I just wanted to make that distinction.
1: Yes. uh, Yes. Back to you, Melissa. And then we're going to talk about um, tertiary education, um, college, university education. Yes,
2: Melissa. I have one point, and that's just statistics. I heard everything you said. But reality is, is that in 1950, the U.S. Bureau, Census Bureau, had um, they actually had statistics like 9 million Over 9 million children living in homes at that time, they would live with a single parent. Out of that 9 million, 8 million of those come out of single mother homes. So yes, we understand that there are fathers that step up. But in 1970, there was only 800,000 fathers who stepped up to that level And this is U.S. Bureau census. Now, right now, 2010 says that 80% of women living, 80% of children under the age of 18 are living in homes of single female parents. So, yes, I do not want to negate the fact that there are men that step up. But the reality is when we talk about going back to school and education, the ones that are being most affected by are mothers. And that is the truth. And statistics says that. So yes. that's why it is important. That is why speaking about single mothers at this time is important. Because the ones that are being most affected, according to statistics, in 1970 were women mothers that was 1970 we are now in 2022 where we nothing has changed for the better so how many children are now in single female parent homes getting ready for school now let's talk about how um the 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 hourly rate pay affects education if we are living from hand to mouth because the average rate of pay is $7, then when school comes about and we have that extra pump or injection of cash needed to get that child into school, what do we let flop to to the side? Do we let the bill...
1: Again, you were just listening to a portion of an interview on the financing our education at every at every stage. So whether you have little ones, you have those in college, you're in college, you're thinking of going back to college. Um, you're thinking of advancing your career through educational opportunities, I thought it was important to have our experts stop by to tell us about the different options that we may not have thought of. So don't forget for the entire interview, um, you can head on over to push past 10, the video portion, as well as the entire interview, is on pushpast 10com And while you're there, don't forget to click on the YouTube channel link so you can see all our past interviews, as well as clicking on the missing Episode link so that you can have access to any past podcasts of untapped potential that you may have missed along the way so as we continue along with the program we have our tip of the week and this week i thought we would uh, look into a very important topic because for many of us when we are getting started especially when we're getting started on a new journey you know we have to be so comfortable with the fact that not everyone is going to be available or willing to assist on our journey. We are truly thankful for those who are, and for those who uh, sometimes take us by the hand, or those who open a door for us to give us an opportunity to pursue um, the goal that we're trying to achieve. But we also have to keep in mind that no one owes us a favor. And that was truly a challenge that I faced about two years ago when I started this journey of promoting my book, Push Past 10 and just looking for opportunities. You know, it was just amazing. You would send all these emails to try to get on this podcast and try to get on these programs and no one would respond. And then it is easy to get stuck on, well, you know this is so hard, this is so difficult. I want to give up, but if you tell yourself, no one owes you a favor, and you simply say to yourself, "Look, there are eight billion people in the world. So what if five people said no to me, or so what if five people did not respond to my email or did not respond to my?" Um, voice message there are millions and billions of other people in the world that could potentially create an opportunity for me. So I thought we could uh, listen to this as a reminder that no one owes us a favor and that we simply have to continue moving on and finding those who are willing and able to assist us on many of our live journeys. So take a listen and then come back as we wind on the program.
3: What's up, everybody? I am Jaspreet Singh, and welcome to the Minority Mindset. Let's make a trade. In exchange for you watching this video, I want you to promise me that you're gonna stop asking for what you want. If you want more money, stop asking to be paid more and go out and start a side business and double or triple or five times or ten times your salary. If you want to be fit, stop waiting for your friends to go on a diet with you and stop waiting for the gym to put up some promotion so you can go get your gym membership go on to YouTube and find a free workout program and then do it every single day and make no donut exceptions in your diet. If you want to stop being so miserable, then stop trying to please all the a-holes in your life that keep ruining your days, and then pick up your running shoes and go on a long run to clear your mind. Here's the thing, nobody owes you anything. This hurts a lot of people's feelings, and this makes a lot of people upset, because, you know, I worked really hard, so I deserve to be paid more, or I worked really hard in the gym last week, so I deserve to eat this cake today. Oh brownie, I was so good in the gym last week, I deserve to eat you. No, stop asking for what you want. Go and get it. I'm gonna lay it out plain and simple. You, me, and everybody else in the world only live once. YOLO, right? Our time is limited, And so we need to make our short lives the best they can be for ourselves and for everybody that we care about, right? So, you have two options. You can go and spend the next 50 years of your life asking your boss to pay you more and what you deserve, hoping that it will happen, or you can spend your time doing something that will actually increase your income, like by starting a side business, because now it's easier and more accessible than ever because of the Internet. I don't know about you, but I want the second option. I don't want to rely on somebody else, so I can live my life the way I want. Life is too short to wait and hope for somebody else to take care of me, so I can live how I want to live. But Jaspreet, I work really really hard. My boss should be paying me more. I'm not doubting that you work hard. Personally, I think you should be earning something like five times more, what you're getting paid right now. The only problem is, your boss doesn't pay you that much. So, it goes back to the same question. You want to be getting paid five times more than what you're getting paid right now, and so you can go and ask your boss to give you a small raise of 500% and hope that it happens in your lifetime, or you can start doing something different, even if it's on the side to begin with, and you can go and get what you want without waiting for somebody else's approval. It's not a matter of being greedy, it's just the truth. If you made more money, you could take better care of yourself and your kids, you could send your parents on nice vacations, and you could help feed and shelter hungry people in your community. People are relying on you to make more money. You think you should be paid more. I think so. Your family thinks so, but your paycheck doesn't. (sighs) Who is this FICA person that keeps taking all my money? Yes, I know what I'm saying is hard to hear because it's different than what we've always been taught. We're taught to be consumers, but now we have to learn to be producers too because the old system is not working. Most people will tell you that they are underpaid at a job that they hate going to, and these same people keep getting up and doing the same thing day after day after day. If you want to make a change, then you got to be the one to wake up, and realize this, and make the change. The difficult part is, if you want to make more money, everybody's first instinct is, (sighs) I gotta ask my boss for a raise. Sure, it's fine for some people, but that's not what we focus on here. We're entrepreneurs. We play a different game. I want you to start thinking bigger. Instead of just asking for the extra few dollars an hour, think about how you can work to get the extra few hundred thousand dollars a year. You're already working hard. We've established that. Now, reshift some of your efforts, so now you can start working smart, too. This way, you can make the money that actually reflects the value that you can provide. And before you go and start thinking about, oh man, I can't do that, I don't have this degree, I don't have this experience, I don't have that. Listen, anybody can do this from anywhere in the world, because we are in a completely different time. I can give you example after example of people who have done this, and if you want to learn more, you can check out some of the videos on our channel, you can read our blog at TheMinorityMindset.com, or you can read our ebook on how to grow a business using the internet, and you can read it for free when you sign up for our newsletter, and you can do that by clicking the link up here, or by clicking the link in the description below. If you enjoyed the video, hit that thumbs up button and share it with one friend so we can help spread the word. Don't miss our new videos on entrepreneurship, business, and money every Wednesday and Friday at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you don't want to miss them, hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. That way you actually find out when our new videos are released. And as you always, you're listening keep to Untapped with- Potential with Dr. Smoke.
2: If you live in Canada, the U.S. and the U.K. and are looking for Dominica products including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on BuyDominicaOnline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on BuyDominicaOnline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to BuyDominicaOnline.com and enjoy Home Away From Home.
1: Some helpful information I think that we can all benefit from. As we continue to work on those important life goals, I hope that you found the information inspirational. I hope that you feel a little bit more energized to go out out there and pursue those goals that you're working on. And I hope that uh, you found inspiration in the information. So here we are At the end of yet another program, I always look forward to our time with Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone right here on TDN Radio. So let's do it next week. Let's come back next week. It will already be the first week of September. Can you imagine it? So I hope you have great plans for the Labor Day holiday weekend, which is coming up next week. Um, I hope you use it as an opportunity to relax and get re-energized so you can power through the rest of the year. So don't forget to come back next week, Tuesday. 5.30 Eastern Standard Time right here on TDN Radio for another power-up session. And we continue to do the important work with the Dominica Child Protection Society program. After our interview that we aired last week with Dr. Shamina on CBS, Dr. Shamina actually came back. For our Facebook live program on Sunday to tell us the updates of what has happened since appearing on CBS morning. So I'll bring you that interview at a later date on Dr. Shamina's progress in terms of everything that she's doing. And we continue our efforts. We continue our interactive reading sessions in Dominica. We continue to look for options for counseling for our children in Dominica. And we continue to look for options to impact the legislation in Dominica all through our Dominica Child Protection Society program that we started at the end of june so again thank you for being here for untapped potential i look forward to being in your company next week at the same time so as we get ready to wind down the program don't forget your life story is your strength remember to tap into your potential Um, Every day, every week, every month, every year, stay strong, stay positive, stay engaged and stay active until we meet again next week. At the same time, you have yourself a